This is a Watchdog Morning Show Rewind. Here's Howard Monroe. 841-19 to the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Mac Warner is the Secretary of State in West Virginia, frequent guest on this show. He has, I, I enjoy talking to Mac. Uh, and he's decided to run for governor. Made the announcement uh, this week. Uh, I'm sure it's something you've been mulling over for a while, Mr. Secretary. But uh, everybody... <laughs> Every every Republican office holder in the state is eyeing up something or another. Why why governor for you? Well, Howard, it's as simple as uh, where would you rather live in Charleston or West Virginia or D.C. And that, that pretty much answers it for me right there. My heart's just right here. In <laughs> okay, these beautiful hills. And I, hey, I have about a one or two minute walk uh, commute to work versus whatever you'd have in that madhouse over D.C. So, but uh, there's just so much that we can do as, as, as or I can do as governor. Uh, you know, there's a myriad of issues facing the state, but we're also our best days are ahead of us. We, I think, we've turned the corner here in West Virginia, and you saw it this last year with so many announcements of businesses coming to the state. And uh, now, the governor himself last night in his state of the state address said, you know, his term is just about up. He'll have one more uh, state of the state address, and then we have to pick a new leader. And I'm the battle-tested, literally, uh, conservative (laughs) candidate that aligns with, uh, you know, the politics of today when you have 88 of 100 legislators are Republican, 31 of 34 state senators are Republican. we, we've aligned the people, the party, the politics, the principles and policies, this conservative uh, direction that we're heading as a state. And who do you want to lead that other than a leader who has been through the best training in the world? The United States military has trained me for decades. Uh, I understand large organizations, and I've got this vision of where we need to take the state. So in this offense-defense approach, you know, in the military, you're always looking at, you know, what is the – how do we – take ground in the future, but also how do you defend yourself against attacks? We, we have to take the ground of you know, education, uh, energy, uh, infrastructure, um, those sorts of things, our economy, uh, and I have a plan to do that. It all begins with education. But you also have to defend, and we have to defend against this insanity that's coming out of D.C. We, we don't want all this wokeism. We, we know what a woman is here in West Virginia. Uh, we, we don't like you know, defunding the police and just all that insanity that's come out of D.C. lately. And we just need to make sure that, that doesn't infiltrate here in West Virginia. So I am that person that can do both of those at the same time, work with our legislature, to get things done. So that's a, an answer to why I'm running and what I look to do. And uh, I appreciate you having me on so I can passionately take to the people of West Virginia uh, where I plan to take the state in the future. I, I want to get back to this wokeism a bit because I've got some problems with some of the things you said with that, but I want to hear why you think that's a gubernatorial issue. But I want to stick with something else first. One of the problems that I think Governor Justice has been having, now he's getting better at this, but he's been having is an inability really to connect, maybe that's the word I want to use, to connect with the legislature. It seems as if far too often the governor and our elected uh, legislative officers are at odds. The governor goes in one direction, they push back against it. Do you feel you'd be better able to work with the legislature? Maybe you don't buy my premise, but uh, if you do buy my premise, do you think you'd be better able to work with the legislature? I do follow the premise, and as, as we know, Governor Justice is a big personality, and, and he's a dynamic individual, and that has worked for him. Uh, we have turned the corner. I think he's done some good things. But um, 
I am a more collaborative uh, type leader and individual. And it comes from, again, from the military, the team building approach the military always has. You covering your buddy's back and that sort of thing. And I use the example of, you know, you've, we've all seen the pictures of a team carrying a telephone pole. You know, one person can't do it alone, but you get six or eight people and they can move that telephone pole. And that's, that's what I see with the heavy lift we have here in West Virginia. I would be working with uh, the Speaker of the House, Roger Hanshaw, the President of the Senate, Craig Blair. I'd be working with those finance chairs and judiciary chairs and so forth and coming up with a plan. But we also, over in Afghanistan, I worked for four agencies over there, or worked with four agencies, the Supreme Court, the Attorney General's Office, the Ministry of Justice, and the Ministry of Women's Affairs. Those are very diverse agencies that I was responsible for building a rule of law program. And you only do that by using subject matter experts in each of those areas. And that's what we would do here in West Virginia. We have these issues like PEIA and DHHR and those sorts of things. Get the experts together. Get them with the legislative leaders. We work out programs or plans. Then through the deliberative process, the legislative process, you hammer those things out. And when you put 100 people in the House of Delegates and 34 people in the Senate representing all of the state, I think you come up with a much better plan than just one guy sitting in the governor's office saying, I've got the answer to everything. And so that's the approach that I take. It comes from my background, uh, and it's the way I would solve problems here in West Virginia. All of those things make sense, and I have a lot of respect for what you've done in the Secretary of State's office. You've shown yourself, in my opinion, to be a good executive in that position, and you bring executive abilities to it, and you've made some changes that I think have have been good and all is well. I, I have to be honest with you, Mr. Secretary, though. I was disturbed by the amount of time you took in your opening release to talk about all of these woke situations in Washington, D.C. You know, you talked about uh, uh, the IRS agents and you talked about uh, gender issues and so on. And I have to ask myself, why why did you take so much time to talk about that when there are so many actual gubernatorially related important issues in West Virginia that we need to, to talk about? You know, we've got teacher pay raises, we've got PEIA funding, tax cuts, we've got the budget, we've got the DHHR, we've got foster kids in trouble, we've got child care issues. Um, is it really worth the governor's time to be spending time concerning concerning himself with wokeism in D.C.? Well, it, what you've got here is all those issues you mentioned, those are on this legislative agenda's uh, program right now. I mean, they're addressing it upstairs right now as us, as we speak. And so PEIA and DHHR and so forth, hopefully those things are going to be resolved before I would take office two years from now. So uh, we can talk about that, but again, how am I as one person? And my job is Secretary of State running clean elections, and I appreciate the comments you made. I do ask people to look at the results, what we have produced here in the Secretary of State's office. And I would just put out that it's the leanest, most efficient, and most customer-oriented agency in all of state government. And so that's what I would then take to the governor's office. And I'd much rather talk about those things, uh, that where I am going as governor. But at the same time, look at the amount of time that D.C. is spending on those other issues, and particularly things like the border that they are not addressing appropriately. But that affects downtown Huntington. It affects downtown Morgantown. Every one of us, Wheeling, every one of us has had somebody that we know that's either died of an overdose or been affected by the drug, uh, the opioid crisis, and so forth. We have to address those. And if you just don't defend West Virginia values, family values, then that creeps into whether it's curriculum or uh, the policies uh, coming 
out of D.C. D.C. has put out – the president has put out these executive orders that do affect us, and we have to push back. And I simply want to let people know that they would have a fighter in the governor's mansion who would push back against D.C. if that starts to creep into the uh, culture here in West Virginia. Well, let's pick one just for a good conversation here. Uh, there are dozens of these issues we could talk about. Um, let me ask you this. Short of shutting down the border, and I get your concern about the border, uh, short of a border issue, what do you think the state needs to do to deal with the uh, increasing problem of drugs? Well, th- there are a number of things. One is you have to you know, uh, punish those that are should be punished, the, the, the dealers and the, uh, the people that are uh, spreading this, this poison throughout uh, the state. And the numbers are absolutely, I'm preaching the choir, they're astronomical with regards to the deaths per capita in West Virginia right. versus other states, okay? So there, there is that problem. Then you have to do with the rehabilitation. If there's somebody that can be rehabilitated, we have to put the resources into it to, to, to get those um, facilities running. I know we're trying that in a number of places throughout the state, but we have to reinforce that. And it's a matter of we all have to address it as a common problem. These are members of our society. They're citizens. And, but, but we shouldn't enhance that. We shouldn't do the needle exchanges and the things that encourage that and make it so um, lucrative for people who are drug addicts or users in other locations say, hey, we need to go to a certain city in West Virginia because it's you know, open and uh, welcoming and, and doing all these sorts of things. Uh, you have to get that balance between the proper rehabilitation but also not encouraging it through your government policies. You don't support needle exchanges? I don't think that's a good idea. No, I think I think that invites um, people uh, to continue the use or to encourage people to come to a place that has needle exchanges versus uh, another location. Um, now, I'm on listen to health experts, and perhaps for a certain location or a certain amount of time, uh, I will entertain it. it you know this comes up with covid and these sorts of things as well you know do you shut society down for the protection of everybody or do you represent freedom and so forth and here in west virginia i'm a strong believer in our motto mountaineers are always free what i would do is i would take the health experts information and get an education program that gets this information out you know whether you want to get your child vaccinated or send them to school and, and those sorts of things but if you don't I don't think it's the government's job to force that upon people. And the same thing goes in the opioid uh, crisis as well. Let's educate the public as to what the issues are. The, the big deal here in the, the drug crisis is sometimes you think the opposite. What is, what is the opposite of addiction? And people will say, well, it's sobriety. Well, there's really a more nuanced approach to that. And the opposite of addiction is connection. And, and so when you look at your YMCAs and your other community organizations, if somebody's connected, if they can go play on a soccer field, if they can go to a basketball court, if they can go on a sports team, they're not as likely to get involved in drugs. But if they're not connected to their peers and uh, the community, then they go down into the, the cellar of you know uh, the drug addictions and so forth. So we need to build the community services up. That's uh, so I'm a firm believer in things such as YMCA's and that sort of thing that give children an option, uh, places to go, people to connect with, and that's how we start to reduce the dependence on drugs. Uh, Mr. Secretary, you, um, well, I want to ask you, 
you, you've been a big supporter, of course, of the coal industry, as most politicians are in West Virginia. It's been a lifeblood of the state for a long time. Things are changing, I think, and maybe that's what I want to talk to you about. I thought it was interesting. I think it has, it has been interesting the last couple of years that we are seeing a, a little glimmer of energy transition. Yes, we're still supporting coal, and yes, we're still supporting gas, and we don't want to go away from that. But I'm seeing more, and we saw it this week when Bill Gates was in town, more talk about sort of an all-in-one all energy policy, you know, uh, bringing a lot of other things together besides just saying coal, 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 coal. Is there room for an energy policy in West Virginia that goes beyond coal? Oh, you've hit the nail on the head when it comes to Mac Warner. Uh, yes, uh, it's, it is an all-the-above uh, issue. I just don't want to lose coal, oil, and gas uh, in the overall rush towards green energy and, and those sorts of things. All that is fine, but Adam Smith answered this 250 years ago you know, with the wealth of nations and so forth, and that is the capitalist market. And you let the market decide, you let the people decide. And over time, uh, the, the, the dependence on fossil fuels will hopefully decrease. Now, I'm not looking to rush that. That's my, my, my issue. I don't want the government to artificially step in and force it. And that's, again, back to the D.C. and pushing back against D.C. They have out right, put a war on coal and war on fossil fuels, and that's West Virginia's lifeblood. That's the sort of pushback that I'm talking about. If the market wants to phase out uh, one of these uh, fuel sources, then let the market decide that. But we can solve this issue through innovation, and that is burning coal cleaner and gas and so forth. Uh, but let's let the market decide that. How silly is it for us to, to shoot West Virginia in the foot with uh, attacks against coal and so forth when China's opening up new uh, coal-fired power plants every week and that sort of thing. Um, we shouldn't hamstring our own economy here by rushing towards a green energy. And then you look at what happened in Florida with hurricanes and floods in California. If you had an electric vehicle, how are you going to charge that electric vehicle? How are you going to get away from that flood or forest fire and that sort of thing? Um, we have to rely on for both personal safety and national safety, national security. We have to keep this base load of coal, oil, and gas ready to go, and uh, we shouldn't cut it off artificially through government policies. Should, but, but with that in mind, should we be supporting coal with government policies and government money? I mean, over the last number of years, we have the legislature has chosen to support coal industries, you know, money to the Pleasant Power Plant. I'm trying to think of some other things that we've, we've done. You know, we've, we've insisted that power companies maintain their use of coal. Those are government fiats uh, in support of coal. If you don't like government fiats opposing coal, why is it okay to have government fiats supporting coal? Well, it, it's, it's a proper balance. And again, if you're going to support one, then you support the other. I'd rather get out of the market of government making those decisions uh, altogether. But let's be equal or fair in this process. And again, my concern is trying to artificially say, oh, by 2030, we're going to reduce emissions by this amount, or, and, and thereby cutting off the legs uh, you know, of, of coal, oil, and gas. Just again, right. the good Lord has blessed us with these wonderful minerals, and we shouldn't hamstring the people who are willing to put themselves at risk to go in under, underground and dig out that coal and get it to market. It, there's still this need for coal, for you know, med coal, for the production of steel and so forth. And again, that's what brings to West Virginia a new core or these other businesses that are uh, looking, uh, already locating here in West Virginia, and we want to bring more to West Virginia. And a lot of that is to pick the right business that complements what's already here and bring them to over top of 
these mineral resources, you know, with the Utica shale, the Marcellus shale, that sort of thing. Uh, we're, we're blessed to be right on top of it. So rather than just pulling it out of the ground and shipping it to market overseas somewhere, let's bring the businesses here, put them on top, and that's increase the manufacturing, increase jobs, improve the economy. That's where we need to be here in West Virginia. Well, uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, election, I think. Uh, you have likely, what, at least two candidates have already said they're running. I think maybe you might get one more in the race. So it's going to be an interesting uh, interesting race, uh, a Republican primary. But quite frankly, these days, the Republican primary tends to be the election. <laughs> I hate to say that. but uh, So um, you're looking forward to the race, looking forward to the challenge? I am, and people can follow me at MacWarner.com. And absolutely, and, and that's, see, that's a good thing, where you can have choices. There are going to be people, uh, everyone's going to have a choice in this uh, Republican primary, and that's why I'm getting out now. What we're talking about is about 15 months from now is when that decision is going to make, be made. It's who's going to represent the Republican Party uh, in the general election, and uh, it's going to be here before we know it. So I, I do appreciate you having me on so we can talk about things like this. And uh, I look forward to continuing the discussion. I want to passionately take this message to the people of West Virginia so that they know about my background, my philosophy of of leadership, and uh, how I would be uh, the – I am the person that West Virginia needs to take us to the future. There's this great quote by Abraham Lincoln that the best way to predict the future is to build it. And so we have to have a vision as to how we want to build West Virginia, and uh, that's what I plan to do through the consultative, you know, working with the legislature, the House, the Senate. Uh, it's, I, don't, I don't think I have the answer to everything, but I, that goes back to my West Point training. They didn't teach us what to think. They taught us how to think. And I cite examples of Grant and Patton and MacArthur and Eisenhower. Those people, when they graduated from West Point, didn't have the answer. They didn't know they were going to get into a Civil War or a World War II, but they learned how to problem solve, how to work with the staff, how to arrive at the right answers. And I've had that similar sort of training. You've seen it here in the Secretary of State's office, and I plan to take that same sort of style, methodology, to working with government uh, and building teams to get to the right answers. Mr. Secretary, good talking to you. I know we'll talk to you again probably more about elections as they come along and also about the campaign as it moves along as well. But I do appreciate your coming in today to take some time with us, and uh, we will chat again, sir. Great. Always good talking with you, Howard. Thanks a lot. Western Secretary of State Mac Warner this morning here. He's running for governor now uh, I'm here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Well, he's running for governor everywhere. Was, my, my grammar wasn't right there. He is running for governor. And he also was here on the morning show. There, did I get that right? All right. 9 o'clock, ABC covers the world uh, next.